I don't do this a lot, but I will recommend a book um, that will stretch you and that I received some research from during this series called Quantum Life by Steve McVeigh. He has a series of books, Quantum Life, Quantum Faith, and Quantum Prayer. Uh, tremendous uh, insight, and it really uh, stretched me in a good way in my thinking, in my believing, in my spiritual vision the observance of the things that are around me, and even this morning, Gary, I have a special assignment for you. Downstairs in the men's bathroom, on top of the paper towel rack, I left my glasses. It's amazing that I remembered where they were, but just like that, it, it hit me. Thank you, brother. A divine recall, amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. Uh, so in this series, in week one, I just want to review, if you've not heard any of these messages, I would encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and review these because they're strategically together make a package of what God is really trying to say to us. But in week one, we learn to observe things differently, to see things differently. God says He will give everything to us that we see. If it was a promise to Abraham in the Old Covenant, and we're in the New Covenant with better blood and better promises, when we see things differently, we can have whatever we see. Matthew 9 was our go-to scripture there. And it said, Jesus said, uh, do you believe to the two blind men? And he, they said, yes, Lord, we believe. And he said it this way in the New Living Translation, be it unto you as you see it. Then week two, we talked about believing different. We went back to that same scripture. What you believe will shape how you experience life. Thank you, brother. We use the same scripture, and in the New King James, Matthew 9, 8 and 9, or 28 and 29 says, Be it unto you according to your belief. Be it unto you the way that you see it, the way that you believe about it. That's going to shape how you experience it. Then last week we talked about speaking differently, talking differently. The words that we speak frame the world that we live in. You don't frame with your words the world that I live in unless I allow it to affect me. But what I declare frames my world and I believe I can frame my children and grandchildren's world to teach them to speak. First uh, Corinthians, I believe it's 4, tells us Paul, uh, Peter, no, Paul said, I believe, therefore I speak. What did he speak? The way that he saw and believed things. So we'll reiterate some of those things this morning, but we're going to look at thinking differently. You can change your thoughts even when you can't change your circumstance. Now I believe ultimately our circumstances are going to change, Amen. But we're seeing them differently, believing differently about them, speaking differently over them, and then it's changing the way that we think on a constant basis, even when the circumstance doesn't change immediately. So take a minute and listen to these questions. Meditate on them. I'm going to go quickly here, but listen to them. See if any of these things are affecting your thought life. Do you find yourself focusing on the problems that are around you? Do you lack peace and joy? Are you conflicted in any area of your life? Do you have trouble seeing the good things in your life? Say it this way. Do you feel despair, depression, 
despite all the blessings that you have? Do you blame everyone and everything else for the hurt and the pain that's in your life? If you answered yes to one or more of those questions, you may be dealing with a negative thought pattern. That's not for condemnation. That's to help you recognize the way that you are thinking so that you can think differently. Negative thoughts feed our insecurities, our worries, and our fears. These thoughts then lead us to irrational anger or undefined depression. Have you ever been depressed and you don't know why? You ever had irrational anger? It's just not rational for you to be angry. I'm not saying that you can't be angry because Scripture tells us that we can be angry and sin not. It's an emotion. But it's when it's irrational. It might be because of our thought life. But I have good news for you. That's my mandate. I, I bring good news to you. Good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to partner with you so that you can overcome these negative thoughts. Isn't that good news? That we can partner with the Divine One, whom we are one with anyway, and we can have help over... That means He's asking us to take an active role in recognizing, rejecting, replacing negative thoughts. And He's asking us to take an active role in retraining our minds. So it keeps us from returning to the negative thought lives. Recognize, reject, replace. Then retrain so that you don't return. Have you ever been on a train? How many of you have ever ridden a train? I'm hearing folks recently talking about this excursion that you can get on a train, I think it's in Huntington, and you can take the Polar Express to up to uh, Cass Railroad and, or over to the Greenbrier. But when you get on the train, you know what direction that train is taking you in. If you don't, then you probably shouldn't get on the train. But have you ever heard this phraseology? I lost my train of thought. Can I tell you this morning you need to lose your train of thought? if it's in that negative vein that's leading to irrational anger and this depression, uh, seasonal depression is a real thing. And sometimes it can't, it's undefined. It just, it's a, a seasonal thing and it attacks people. I believe that we can help reverse that as we begin to think differently. Uh, tell your neighbor to get off the wrong train because the wrong train is taking you in the wrong direction that train that's leading to self-pity city, that train that is leading to Tobreshenville, or that train that leads to Angertown. The wrong train will take you to the wrong place. Get off of that train of negative thoughts. I call it stinking thinking. If you want your life, to ex your life experience to be positive, full of abundance, joyful, overflowing with peace. Uh, if you want to live a successful Christian life, if you want to have a good marriage, great relationships in your job, fantastic uh, opportunities with your children, you have to learn how to change the way you think. 
I hear all the time, my, I hate my life. My life stinks. You stink. Take a shower. Those are negative thought patterns that cause people to see themselves as rotten. And if I'm rotten, then I've got to make you more rotten so I don't seem as rotten. And then life is just not enjoyable at all. But I believe that I can say about myself when I look in the mirror, I am loved. And if I can believe that I am loved, then I can love you. And then we can begin to enjoy life. Grace life. Anyone, everyone watching now and hearing this later, you were created by your Creator to enjoy life. Thank God that when we believe that our names were written down and we have eternal home in heaven, that is secure. But let's learn to... Jesus said, I came to give you life, that's eternal, and that more abundant, that's here and now. And most people are living in hell now hoping that they make it to heaven someday, but I want to guarantee you if you believe in the finished work of what Jesus did at the cross, your afterlife is secure, you can enjoy life here and now. You just got to get off the wrong train. It's impossible to, to live a positive life with a negative mindset. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind... That word mind is attitudes. Let these attitudes be in you, which are also in Christ Jesus. Lisa said it so beautifully that Jesus is the expression of the Father. But do you know the Scripture tells you and I that we are expressions of Christ? And when we are expressions of Christ, we do have the mind of Christ, so let these attitudes come out. I wanted to talk about behavior this morning. I told Lisa I was going to talk about how to act right. If we're going to believe differently and see differently and speak differently, then we need to behave differently. But the Holy Spirit said, no, you got to think right before you can act right. Oh, did you hear that? Write that one down. If you don't think right, you'll never act right. So we've got to change the way we think and then out of a natural flow of the Holy Spirit as we think right, our behavior will naturally flow out of that. I can give you ten things to do to manage your behavior this morning, but it won't change your heart. Grace came and changed your heart. He wants to touch your mind so that your thoughts are in the right direction. Behavior flows out of that. Stinking thinking is nothing new. Let me give you two examples, one in the old and one of the new, of how God helped Individuals changed their thinking because it was stink. It stunk. Stank. The Grinch. Stink, stank, stunk. The first one is found in the book of Judges. If you want to read the whole story, it's chapter 6 through 8. The children of Israel, uh, because of their um, captivity, the Midianites were fighting against them and going to overtake their land. And in a nutshell, they're in trouble. Their land was about to be taken over by the Midianites. Does it sound familiar? And they were feeling the weight of oppression. And in the middle of this was a lowly farmhand, and his name was Gideon. Chapter 6, verse 14, God appears to Gideon and tells him, Go with the strength that you have 
Rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Pretty strong words to hear directly from God. Go, I'm with you. And immediately, Gideon started having negative thoughts. Look at his response, verse 15. But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? Here, and Despite all of his blessings, look what he's going to focus on with his negative thoughts. My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. And I'm the least in my entire clan. Not only is my family the weakest, the poorest, the most downtrodden, but I'm the least of all of them. How can I do this? Negative thinking. This thinking, if he would have allowed it to. As a matter of fact, he spends the rest of the chapter trying to convince God how he's not the right candidate. Fortunately, when God chooses you, you stay chosen. Ha, did you see it? Look at the screen. When God chooses you, you stay chosen. He doesn't change his mind about you. <laughs> and essentially, he spends the rest of the chapter disbelieving God, but thank God he spends the rest of the chapter convincing Gideon. In fact, he did go down and rescue Israel because he changed his thoughts. There's also another story of a man named Joseph in the New Testament where a negative thought pattern almost kept him from marrying the mother of Jesus. When we read the story of Jesus' birth, it's easy to see how close Joseph came to missing God's plan. He had had the dream. The Holy Spirit had told him that Mary was pregnant. Matthew 1.18 Before Joseph and Mary came together though, she was found to be pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Joseph knew that this, God came and told him that this was going to take place. But look at verse 19 and look at it on the screen and look at the wording here. He had in his mind, he had a thought to divorce her quietly. What if he had carried through on that thought? Where did it start? Why the mind? Because what, whatever controls the mind controls your life. He had in mind. We're encouraged as believers to recognize and destroy thoughts that are inconsistent with God's thoughts. I told you last a few weeks ago. Anything that we believe that's contrary to what God believes against us, will, if we believe that lie, it will lead us in a course and direction of our life that is damaging and destructive. There's a battle that starts the moment you reach the point where you can begin to think on your own. Once the battle starts, it's never over until your last thought. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His thoughts about me, about you, are greater than your own thoughts about you. So we need to lose our thinking and think His thoughts that He gives to us. The mind is the control center of who we are. Let me put it another way. Our beliefs determine our behavior. I've said it before. That's a good thing to write down, to try to meditate on and remember. Our beliefs determine our behavior. 
What we believe is powerful. If we change what we believe, we can change our lives. We've been talking about that. The fact is, many of us are struggling to control our behaviors and our actions because we don't have control over our emotions and our feelings. Does that resonate? We struggle with behavior and actions because we don't have control over our emotions and our feelings. We don't have control over our emotions and feelings because we don't have control over our thoughts. And we don't have control over our thoughts because we aren't controlling what we believe. So simply put, if we believe wrong, we'll struggle with wrong thoughts, toxic emotions, and destructive behaviors. The good news is, there's a way out of this vicious cycle of defeat. Why? How? We change the way we think. Proverbs 23.7 says, For as a man thinks within himself, so is he. An old proverb puts it this way. You sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an act, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap character. You sow a character, you reap a destiny. Notice the first thing in the link of this chain is a thought. So what do we do? The mind is the key that unlocks the heart, the hand, and the habits. What we've got to do is not only learn with our mind, but learn about our mind. That's what we've been trying to do over the last several weeks, is not just learn, but learn about the way that our brain fires, the way that these synaptic uh, paths are formed. We talked about that through this series, because that's real. We got to always make sure that our minds is controlled by the right force. So, number one, we must direct our thoughts. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind, that's the direction, set your mind on things above, eternal things, invisible things. Set your mind in the direction of the force of the supernatural and divine. Not on things of the earth. See, because I'm not a citizen here on this earth. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, the invisible realm. And when I set my mind and thoughts in that direction, then the kingdom of God, what did Jesus say to pray? Pray that thy kingdom come. His kingdom is always coming through His people. Why? Because we have dominion. We have rule and authority and we set our mind on those things. Recognizing the way that we are thinking and rejecting the destructive lies that impedes Christ's life in me. Number two, we must protect our thoughts. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm going to say something very important right now. It's going to be on the screen. I would encourage you to write it down. What you are exposed to will undoubtedly affect you. Now, growing up, this is the way that I heard that. I'm not saying this is the way that it was communicated. I'm just saying this is the way that I received it, processed it. You can't look at that. If you do, you're going to hell. You can't watch that. You can't listen to that. You can't go there. 
putting condemnation on me. And do you know what I did? I rebelled against it. But when I know that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding wants to guard my heart and my mind, then what I object, subject myself to, what I expose myself to, then it's going to affect me, undoubtedly. So if something that I expose myself to begins to affect my thought life, that goes against the knowledge of God and the thoughts that He has towards me. I love the way the Mirror Bible puts 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 through 3 through 5. He comes to the bottom of it in the Mirror Translation and he said, you know, he gives a little commentary and says, we've cast out more demons when we should have just been casting down thoughts. It's not demonic, it's a thought. And we need to cast that down. And I'm not telling you that you don't cast out a demon if it, you know, if it manifests. I know how to handle them. But I'm not looking for them. Okay? They don't, they don't operate in the kingdom realm where I live. They have no authority or power. But there are thoughts that need to be cast down, brought into captivity, he says, at spear point to the ultimate consequence of Christ's obedience. I don't know if you can understand that. The ultimate consequence of Christ's obedience to go to the cross, when He learned obedience through the things that He suffered as He died on the cross and was obedient to the will of the Father, the ultimate consequence is everything has to bow its knee to that. Even my thoughts that come against the knowledge of what God speaks over me. And I have to protect those thoughts by what I expose myself to. Can I just give you one, for instance, for me? I'm not putting this on you at all. This is a for instance for me. I cannot expose myself to old covenant mindsets and structures that are predominantly preached in American churches. I'm speaking for myself. Okay, but because I've changed the Holy Spirit has changed the way that I process my thought life, if I subject myself to those things, I can quickly get back into a mindset that causes me to struggle with performance. I don't feel loved enough. I don't feel accepted enough. There are certain places that I go that I used to feel certain things that if I go there, I don't feel those anymore, and I, you know what hits me? Rejection. And then when that rejection hits, quickly I can get into a mindset of I'm not good enough, I'm not loved enough, I didn't study enough, I didn't prepare enough, I didn't control my family enough. And all these mindsets start coming back that put me in a negative mindset. So do you know what I do? I avoid it. Why? Because I'm not going to expose myself to those things because it will undoubtedly affect me. If you've struggled with pornography and you subject and expose yourself to that, the consequence is that it is going to affect you. Bad habits, addictions. I mean, we could go on and on. And I'm not listing and naming sins. I'm telling you about how your thought life is affected by the way that you expose and what you expose yourself to, and we need to protect our thoughts. 
I think that's very good instruction. It's sound doctrine, and it's not condemning. And number three, we must connect our thoughts. We must connect our mind. Philippians 4.8 says fix. That word fix means to connect with. Fix and connect your thoughts on what is true. Do you know it's true whether you believe it or not? <laughs> whether you see it as true or not, the truth of what God says is truth. You don't have to believe it for it to be true. Now you have to believe it for it to affect your life and manifest for you in your life, but it's still true whether you believe it or not. Fix your thoughts on what's honorable and right, pure, lovely, admirable. Fix your thinking on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's just good sound advice that Paul was giving to the Philippian church. Connecting your thought life, if you want to get away from negative thinking, the wrong train of thought, you want to renew your mind or retrain your mind through the Holy Spirit that brings transformation, replacing these negative thoughts and lies with the truth. One of the ways to do that is to affirm yourself to yourself. Constantly reminding you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am His beloved and He is mine. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed in the city and the country. I'm blessing my coming and my going. I'm the lender and not the borrower. Just constantly affirming yourself to yourself. You can change your thoughts even if you can't change your circumstance. Jennifer, if you'd come and play. I believe that one of the problems that we are facing, and just nod your head if you think this is true as well, we're trying to change our situation. We're trying to change our circumstance. Amen? I see some heads nodding. I want my circumstances to change. But if they don't, I need to see them differently. I need to believe differently about them. I need to speak differently over them. And I need to change the way that I think in general in life and get off that wrong train. I'm tired of getting on the train that leads to self-pity city. I'm tired of it for you. I don't want you to go to self-pity city. Depressionville. I think a lot of people were on the train to Depressionville. You've got to get off that train. You need to get a new train of thought, a new direction, renewing your mind. And the spirit of your mind, Paul says in one place, that we need to renew the spirit of our mind. Affirm yourself to yourself. Replace those lies that are leading to constant destructive behavior behavior, and damaging your life. And one of the other things that I am convinced is happening to people is they are shortening their life in the physical. Worry, stress, anxiety, these all come from thought patterns. And when we feed those negative thoughts, guess what grows? Worry, anxiety, insecurities, fear, those things grow and if we don't want those things to grow and those patterns have to change then we're going to have to think differently see I believe that this whole series has dealt with spirit soul and body 
the whole man. We constantly want to preach to the whole man. Listen, this morning, if you've not surrendered your beliefs to the finished work of the cross and what Jesus did for you to make you a brand new creation, I believe that you are already a child of God. What He did at the cross was reconcile the world to Himself. Paul says, though, be thou reconciled. You have to believe, you must believe, that what Jesus, what God the Father did through Jesus was bring you back into your original design. That you are a child of God, you are His beloved, and you need to believe that. Your spirit, man, will never be more whole, well, healed, loved, pure than it is the moment you believe. But your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions are going through a constant process of change. And as Holy Spirit deals with us about certain thoughts and actions and behaviors, then we repent of those We change our direction and our thoughts towards those things and we, our bend and our thought and our direction is towards Him. And then as we walk and we grow and we mature and we come up against something else, He will speak to our hearts and our minds. We'll repent over that, whatever that thought, mindset, belief system was. And we turn from that, turn towards God, So I believe in our soul realm, we constantly live a life of repentance, changing our mind and our direction based upon Holy Spirit's dealing with us as God's children. So right now, would you just allow, invite Holy Spirit to speak to you about some thoughts, beliefs, speech that He wants you to change. If you need to close your eyes and imagine that, go ahead. You want to kneel, stand, come to the altar, but just take a moment. Jennifer prepared to sing something. As she does, repent of that. I believe this morning, as I can give you an, an illustration, you're going to get off of one train and you're going to repent of that and you're going to get on another train. Change the direction of your thoughts. Begin protecting your thoughts and connect with the things that are from above in your thought life. Now you and Holy Spirit have a conversation.